let us begin. And uh, I think we, uh, we're on question six today. And uh, if you missed anything uh, from all of our other ones, uh, they're all online, uh, questions one through five. Uh, yeah, just use the resources online. I know um, uh, with the two-headed dragon of myself and Jeff, um, it is... It's like a fire hydrant, just continuing and relentlessly putting material out. So uh, that's been good throughout COVID, I think. Uh, we've become a channel, really a, a, a broadcasting station. So uh, yeah, I don't think that's ever going to stop either. Well, probably eventually when the Lord returns. But uh, other than that, you know, <laughs> we don't know when. We don't know when. But until then... Uh, we continue. Uh, but uh, anyways, um, today in our question and answers, uh, the question is, is a Christian's faith in baptism or in Jesus? Discuss. And this is what we're going to uh, start with today. So why don't we pray? Uh, dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the gift uh, that you give uh, 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 through the garment of grace. Lord, bless us in our baptisms and Lord, uh, through all things. Give us great comfort knowing full well that we trust in your word, the word that covers us in your righteousness. Bless us in your peace. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so is a Christian's faith in baptism or in Jesus? Remember, key words there. Is a Christian's faith in baptism or in Jesus? Now, or means what? It's like uh, the other day, Elliot said, I love this. I, he doesn't, you know, my wife laughs all the time at everything. I'm kind of like the stodgy old, eh, that's not really funny kind of thing. But, uh, <laughs> but Elliot wanted tacos again for dinner. And my wife's like, again? And then his answer was, or not. So it was funny. Uh, but um, I was on the taco truck, taco crowd all the time. But uh, or, what does or what does or imply in this question? Uh, okay, so or is... Either way. Either way? Any, only one way. No, no. Not oh, can be seen that way in different ways, right? Uh, this, do we take the 405 or do we take the 5 when we go down to Orange County? You've got to check Google Maps in the traffic, right? You can't take both. That's right, right? Uh, so that's kind of an or of... An exclusive or. Ex- <laughs> exclusive or. Either way or sometimes, or sometimes, or one way, right? It depends, right, on the situation. Or are we going to have tacos for dinner or are we going to have uh, burritos? Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, that's another or. But what... So baptism... In a Christian's faith, in baptism, is Christian's faith in baptism or, oh, do you got, oh, you got a space, right, good, very good, baptism or Jesus? Um, what, what is your thought on this question in general? Thank you, Don. Uh, <laughs> Okay. 
That's right. Good point. I could totally see Don in Sunday school singing the same thing when he's little. Anyways. Yeah. You're good. Oh, you're good. You're good. Um, oh, is there space for Tom? I. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, and, and I think this is a very important question. Why do I ask this question, you might ask? Do you ask that question? Why is he asking these questions? Um, because this really shows us this or really is the our own, it shows us our own view of what faith is. Again, what is my goal as a pastor? It's to prepare you in the one true faith so that you know who you are in Christ Jesus. And when that or comes, and I've told you this story before, there are many people who will tell me, uh, just Christians in general too, they say, you know, we don't, we already have Jesus. So why do we, why do you talk about baptism all the time? Right? Like Jesus Christ died for my sins. He rose from the dead and he forgives me of all my sins. So isn't that enough? I mean, after all, the thief on the cross, he wasn't baptized. So why do you make baptism such a big deal? And actually, I thought of that. I mean, I thought like that when I was younger, too. Uh, I thought baptism was just something that um, churches did out of ritual. Right? Um, And If it's a ritual, then it becomes, for a lot of people, an option rather than what does this really mean? So so does uh, baptism and Jesus, are they exclusive? Are they independent of themselves? Or do they actually work together? Or are they together or not? As my son would say, I, I love Elliot. He comes up with so many different words. Um, that boy. Um, anyways, uh, okay. So if someone could read First Peter 3 right there on your paper for me, that'd be great. Baptism, which corresponds to this Lord's blood, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All right. So baptism, which corresponds to this. And that is Noah's flood. If you read uh, 1 Peter 3, uh, 20 and, and before, he spoke of Noah and the flood. Now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, as Luther would write um, in, his, uh, in his Catholic epistles uh, right there, uh, but the apostle means to say that what happened when Noah was building the ark also happens today. Just as that time he, together with seven others, was saved in the ark which floated on the water, so you too must be saved in baptism. That water drowned everything that had life. Thus, baptism drowns everything that is carnal and natural. It makes spiritual men. But we take ship in the ark, which represents the Lord Christ, or the Christian church, or the gospel which Christ preaches, or the body of Christ to which we cling through faith. And we are saved, just as Noah was saved in the ark." Now, the question is, when we speak of baptism and Christ, what is, the one, what is the one thing that holds them together? 
Is there something that holds them together? Baptism in Christ. What is the one thing that holds them together? Does anyone know? We'll play hangman. Just kidding. Two letters in between? I just, we need, a, we need a Pat Sajak and a Vanna White. Anyways. Um, anyways. So, which, they don't seem to age. Remember when I was little? I'm like, okay. And now I see them, I'm like, wait, they look the same. Anyways. It's been like 30 years. Anyways. Um, but anyways, the word, right? When we talk about baptism in Jesus, what is it about the word that really answers this question about baptism in Jesus? And, and this is what it is all about. So, 1 Peter 3, it says, Baptism which corresponds to Noah's flood, right? As we look at our notes, verse 20, uh, or uh, the notes right there, verse 20, Because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, what does this indicate about the depravity of Noah's time? So, um, the question, first question is, why was the ark prepared? Children's story, Bible story. What, what does everyone, why was the ark prepared? What was the reason? Is it just because the Lord loved the seas? To save, to save them from the flood. the flood because the people were evil, right? They were sinful. Um, so when we talk about why was the ark being prepared, uh, it is because of that evil that by the way of water, God was doing what? He was cleansing the world, and there in the ark, eight and all, Noah and the, and the animals. <laughs> oh, my drawings are coming back. Uh, Noah and the, oh, we can't forget the little, um, yeah, the, the, um, and the golf flag. That's right. Uh, <laughs> How, how great that would be. And the, there was no flag on the ark anyway. Why am I even making a flag? It wasn't a sailboat. Anyways, um, uh, <laughs> but the point is, is that uh, it is in this ark, the word Christ, as Luther put it, the church, that there uh, the people were saved, ate and all. And below the water, in the water, the evil was being washed out and cleansed as they were going to live life anew uh, according to God's word, right? So when we talk about uh, uh, baptism, which corresponds to Noah's flood, how do we look at this picture and equate it with baptism? Does it equate with baptism? The water, evil and sin, the ark. Can anyone explain to me how this relates to baptism? Mm -hmm. And we are risen brand new, like a new world here in Christ. All right. Right, yeah, so Romans 6, we are... uh, uh, we are connected to Christ's death as we were buried with him. Uh, and in the same way, we rise with him to the newness of life. 
that that very water and word, there we know that uh, evil has been washed out, our sin forgiven and washed away, and there we have the new life. Now, when we talk about water in the Bible, you look at your notes here, Noah and the flood, that's water, right? And we talked about this in Bible study. I don't know. I don't remember, but we, I know we do. Uh, <laughs> there's so many things we talk about here that, um, especially in sermons, like children's messages, I'm like, didn't we already do that one? I don't know. Anyways, um, what's another water motif? What does it say right there? The crossing? All right. And even on that journey, eventually, as the next generation would finally get to Canaan, the crossing of the, we talked about this in Joshua, the river, Jordan, Jordan to the land. This is like the final body of water they were to cross. Now, what is it about water that before and after, there we see the result, as Carrie would say, the newness of life. Before, what was their life before the crossing of the Red Sea? Slavery. That's right. Egypt and slavery, bondage, right? And after the Red Sea, remember Moses, the Passover, and all these things happened. Uh, then Pharaoh let the people go. Then he, then he did what? Change his mind and say, um, I actually need these people. What am I doing? So they're going to the body of water. And, and what happens? They're coming. The chariots are coming. The horse and the rider. Uh, Exodus 15. We see the song of Moses. But uh, they're coming. And now the people are grumbling because a body of water is in front of them. What's the point? Staff crossing in the Red Sea, split, they go, and now through water, they are the children of Israel on this exodus, on this road ever since the Passover. Crossing over the River Jordan as well, another river, again, water before and after, new identity, new creation, right? Um, Also in our text right here, Naaman, right? Uh, The Assyrian commander, a leper. Right. What, what did he do? He was diseased, right? And he needed water to do what? To be clean, right? And he would go to the dirtiest water, but yet even in that water, uh, Naaman was cleansed and purified of his disease. So what is it about all these things right here? God is showing us how he works, God's means, right? What is God's means? What, what, how does he work throughout all these examples? What is the common thing about all these examples of how God works? He uses the water Yes, he uses the waters to cleanse us. I mean, we even see Jesus' own baptism, right? Uh, that was, what is it? Let it be so to fulfill all righteousness, right? That is, Jesus is coming into the world to be the new creation for them as he was going to go to the cross. But in this water, we know that through the means that God has given to us, uh, we are, the after effects is that we are saved and redeemed and and rescued from sin and death. Um, So, you know, when we, when we speak of baptism and water, this should always come in your mind in a sense of how important baptism is and how life-giving it is through the motif of water, as we see right here. Any thoughts on that before we move on? Oh, yes. The water also, I see it as it becomes a protective barrier from the 
allows you to begin your new life. You know, it's, I think of it through all history. It's like the pilgrims had to cross the Atlantic to get away from English uh, tyranny. And the same with everything here. And now it's your, it's your protective barrier. It separates us from sin. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really important concept throughout all of this because it's always a separation between your past life and your present future life. That's right. That's right. And it is the Lord who does what? It is the Lord who commands all these things. Right, all these things, this is not just happenstance. It's okay, Moses, can, I, can you get your special staff at Walmart and you know, buy it on Prime, please, Amazon Prime, quick day ship it because they're coming soon and we need to get this going. <laughs> no. Um, it's by the word of God, right? So when Jesus, says, when Jesus says in Matthew 28, uh, in Matthew 28, go make disciples of all nations by by baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. What does that mean for us in a sense of this very question, baptism or Jesus? Is this, number one, is this the, the correct question to ask? Is it, is it a right question? Is it correct? Can it be baptism or Jesus? No, right? Uh, but why, why do people have trouble with this question? Just in general, just hypothetically, or I mean, not hypothetically, but I think a lot of people do, especially even in Christianity, when it comes to baptism, a lot of people think it's symbolic or it really doesn't do what it does. It's just kind of a, a church ritual tradition that we do. Uh, but when we say baptism saves, it really does get some people into a, wait, what, what did you say? You're saying that that saves? What, what is it about baptism that curls the feathers? Is that... Um, What's the idiom? <laughs> Maybe they, uh, baptism is a work that they are not doing. They think they need to do something probably to be saved. Baptism is just something they receive. Yes, and, and that's, a, that's a, a bigger, a bigger uh, what was I going to say, a, a bigger hole to, to, to talk about in a sense of is baptism a work that we do, or is it, because a lot of people do think it's a, it's a work that we do, or is it uh, the gift of God that graces upon us by his, by his word? Um, a lot of times, you know, uh, it's our view of baptism which really dictates how we see this question, right? Um, and for us, you know, again, is it baptism or is it Jesus? And as we look at Jesus in Matthew 28, he says, go make disciples. How? The triune name, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? So the means of God, as we see, even in the words of Christ, is through that very word. And that is what the church does and believes, that indeed in 1 Peter 3.21, baptism does save you. right? When, when, the, when the devil is accusing you, where do you go? Where do you go when the devil is accusing you of each and every one of your sins that is just kind of that, just wrapped around your heart and it just seems to always remind you of your own depravity? What does, where do you go uh, when, when that happens? 
Baptism or Jesus? I go to Jesus. All right. Good. Very good. We, we would all go to Jesus, right? Now that or would kind of, we'll talk about that later, about how this all kind of intertwines. But uh, as Luther would always say, and, and I think for us all to say as well, because of what Jesus has done, right, in his institution of baptism, there we could definitely rest in what God has done. You know, if I say the sacrament is the gospel, oh, I think it's stopped warm, it's stuck, the coffee is stopped, it's, it's not warming anymore, but uh, there are donuts. Uh, <laughs> Um, if, I say, if I say the sacrament is a gospel, what do I mean by that? If I say the sacrament is the gospel, what do I mean? The sacrament is the gospel. What does that mean? Isn't the physical way that God can give you his grace? It's a physical, part of it's physical, tangible. Yeah. So what, what is happening in the gospel? Jesus, Jesus saves us through his very own death and resurrection, right? Uh, yes, yes. And it's through the resurrection, through the resurrection, as we see in 1 Peter 3, through the resurrection, that he has given to us his very word of the promise that is in baptism and the Lord's Supper, right? And the, the thing is, is that when we talk about baptism earlier is baptism a work? And the answer is no, right? This is a passive gift that God gives to each and every one of you just as he died and rose from the dead for the forgiveness of your sins, right? In his death and resurrection, there you passively receive in faith the very work of God. And when it comes to the sacraments, as I, you always see my arrow pointing down, you know, God to man, this is how God also works the way to which he distributes this grace by these very means. And at the end of the day, what does the sacrament give you? The forgiveness of your sins. Right? It's not like this is separate. This is all together. It's because of what Jesus has done in the gospel, right? His death and resurrection. But from the fruits of this gospel, his very word is true. And his word, as he promised indeed forgives us of all of our sins, making us disciples and leading us um, as we are robed in Christ's righteousness, as it says in Galatians 3.27, when we put on Christ in baptism, right? So um, the thing is, when the devil is accusing you, you can say, I am baptized because your faith is in what God has done for each and every one of you by the word of God. Right? Your faith is in his word and promise and what that means in regards to the means of grace, and that is the sacraments, right? Chris, question? Comment? Yeah. Well, you know when um, Philip was in the chariot with uh, Ethiopian or whatever, and sharing with him the word of God, and then, so then the Ethiopian, what's the Ethiopian? The yeah, the Ethiopian eunuch. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. He got so excited, and, and he said, so he received the gospel, the word of God that Philip was opening his eyes to. But then he was so excited, he said, what's to keep me from being baptized? Like, let God pour it on. Yeah. You know, and so they went. Yeah. It's, it's, if you yeah. see the setting of the desert, 
It's amazing that there was water there, you know, but the Lord was working, right? Through the means of water. See, at the end of the... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. First the word. First the word. Open his eyes. And then, and then the... I mean, it's kind of like a seal in a way, or... Yeah. Yeah, a seal is a good word. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's crazy because you, you know you think of baptism. I, I see where you know Christians struggle with it, but when you put it as it's a gift, I think the thing is Christians believe it's a work. It's not a gift. It's an outward expression. It's all these different things. Yeah. Instead of saying, no, this is a gift that God has given us uh, for the forgiveness of sins. You know. So why is that assuring to you, Brent? Uh, Sorry, I didn't want to put you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I just think no. It, it is because it's it's a, it, it's it's not me. It is a gift that God has given me. I'm not doing it. God is doing it. That's right. You know, it's That's a right. gift that He's given me. That's know? right. And I don't think you know other Christians don't see it that way. They see it as not so much as a gift, but it's just an outward expression. It's just a you know what I mean. Uh, Something I'm doing out of obedience. Yes, yes. And, and that's why this, this question comes up because of that very distinction of our view of baptism. And again, not our view, but what the scriptures say about baptism. That's a thing, you know. Uh, it says right here, uh, baptism now saves you. You know, we see in Galatians 3, again, as a, you know, whoever is baptized in Christ has put on Christ, right? It says in Romans 6 about uh, being raised. Uh, being connected to the death and resurrection of our Lord. Colossians, uh, what else? Titus 3, uh, the washing of regeneration and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Repent and be baptized and wash away your sins. Acts 22, Mark 16, 16. So so this is all, uh, again, you know, I I think Brent brings up a good point because uh, it's all about what we trust. And at the end of the day, if it's my work, Nancy very well knows, and everyone knows, of course, <laughs> that our work, ooh, I did that. And in times of accusation and spiritual struggle, ooh, did I do enough? Maybe I need to get baptized again. And again. And again. And again. What, where? Because I, I need to do this. I, I, I need to find that assurance See, you see what's happening there. Um, Janice, your question? I was just going to say, you know, it's, I think it's a really important distinction that we have that it's a gift by baptizing babies. Because they are receiving that gift. They have no understanding of the gift. And yet there are others, of course, that you can't be baptized until you understand what's going on. And that brings up another point. Like, is it, is it understanding or is it faith? And that's how faith works. It's not, it's not just a human intellect. Ken is a very smart man. It's opposite day, Ken. Anyways, uh, but, uh, 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 but it's not because of his intellect that he gets it. It's by the gift of faith, Apostles' Creed, Article 3, by the Holy Spirit. Right? So, so when we talk about baptism, you guys, as we see right here, uh, it, it is a gift, and our our faith clings to what that gift gives. Like Riley, uh, oh, sorry, Keegan knows that. Um, I know when my teachers called me Peter, who is my brother, I'd be like, anyways, uh, how dare you? Uh, uh, but 
um, um, you know, I, I mean, for, for Keegan, I, I know when when he is dealing uh, with his uh, with his own struggles, the, the question is, where does he go? What uh, what can he cling to in this life of faith? What is tangible and true and one hundred percent ironclad promise? What is that? And that's where your faith is, right? You know, baptism is so radical. It's so radical that our human self says, I need to do something for that. I need to make that attempt. Now, my baptism, my kids' baptism, we just say, I don't remember it. And that's the greatest thing in the world. Because there we know that God is working and giving us faith. And that's the mystery of our grace. That we have this gift free, given, to our, given from our Lord, and there in baptism, uh, by his means, uh, we rest in what he has given, that is, we are robed with Christ. How do you know that God is with you? Like, you know, like you might tell yourself, like, I don't know. I, it, life has been tough. COVID's been tough. Where is God? Again, you go back to scripture and say, God says he is in my baptism with me. See, th- there is nothing a part of me there. I'm not trying to feel it. I'm not trying to Get the, sorry, what am I doing here? I'm not trying to um, get the aura from my Lord. No, the scripture says God is with me, right? Because this is where my faith is in the scripture that Jesus says, I will be with you until the end of the age, Matthew 28. Anyways, so as we continue here, not as a removal of dirt on your notes. Again, this is the Jewish uh, reference. You know, there were many washings in the Bible, right? Ceremonial washings. You've got to wash yourself uh, before you go into the temple. You've got to wash yourself before you eat. All these uh, ritual washings uh, in the Old Testament and their tradition. Now, what is it about their washing? That the distinct thing about that was they had to do it every day. And I could go deeply into why they had to wash, and there's so many different ways of when they had to wash and why they had to wash for 70, so many different reasons. But they'd have to continually do that act of washing, right? It's, it's, oh, go, go ahead, Dave. It was also true of the sacrificial system. It wasn't done once. It was done multiple times. I, you know, some of them were probably at least once a week. Yeah. And the priest was busy all day long and with various offerings. Yeah. But now it comes along with scripture and says Jesus died once. Yes. So what is it about the removal of dirt in light of what, uh, what is read here about washing? Um, and this is a reference to the Old Testament about how they were always trying to washing to remove this dirt. Um, but baptism is what? It's greater than that, right? Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. Um, oh, I skipped. Okay. So we'll We'll stop there uh, real, real quick. But question within a question. Um, if Christ has already won forgiveness and salvation for us and gives us all this by grace alone, why do we still need baptism? I, I, we kind of talked about it already, but if God has already forgiven you of all your sins, why do you need baptism? Is Jesus Christ enough? Well, is that, is that the right question to ask? Why do you need baptism if Jesus has already bestowed his grace upon us? And simply put, what does the word say? Right? Matthew 28. Jesus' institution, right? The supper. 
Jesus' institution. This is not man-made tradition. This is from our Lord to take and eat, to take and drink, to be baptized, right? This is what it gives, and this is from the promise of our Lord. That's where our faith is. The object of our faith is in what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. And there, as we look at this question about baptism or Jesus, it's becoming, or hopefully it's becoming a little clearer for you whether this is the correct question to ask. Anyways, on the next side of your page, um, as an appeal uh, to God for a good conscience. So good conscience. What does conscience mean? It means uh, with knowing. Now, uh, what is a good conscience? Dave has a good conscience. So Dave, can you explain that to me? <laughs> you don't know my <laughs> But what is it about a good con? What is a good conscience? What can someone describe that to me in images or words? It has more to do not with having done or not having done bad things, but knowing that we are forgiven of the things that we have done. It gives us peace. Our our conscience is cleared by that forgiveness. So why is our view of baptism? whether it's a work that I do or the work from God, how does that connect to our conscience? So if I believe that baptism is a work, how does that connect to conscience versus someone who says baptism is a gift from God, I'm forgiven of my sins, I have life everlasting, all by what he has done for me? How does that... I think it's a check, um, meaning that, you know, hey, I was baptized, check that. Uh, I paid my taxes this year, check that. You know what I mean? Like it's... Glad you did. It's something... You know what I mean? It's something that I and it's, it's checking that box. To, to yeah, achieve, yeah, to they, achieve yeah. a good conscience, yeah. right? Yeah, to achieve it, exactly. But it says right here, uh, as an appeal to God for a good conscience. So what are we appealing to God? What are we appealing to God with? We're appealing to God with what he has given to us. See, that is very important because when we make an appeal in a courtroom setting, it's like, I watched uh, 2020 last night. I love those crime, real-life crime dramas. I don't know why I like those. But, you know, anyways, I don't know why I brought that up. But in the courtroom, you know, in the courtroom, they're like, you know, they're, they're just always making an appeal for what they had done or what they had not done, trying to stake their own defense on whether they're innocent or guilty, right? And in front of God, uh, I think when we talk about making an appeal, what is that appeal? Because that is where your faith is. Does that make sense? Like, if you're making an appeal to God uh, by your own work, I checked out the box, I've done this, I've gone to church every Sunday, I've paid my, I've paid, what, I rendered unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and I gave my taxes. Uh, that's my appeal, Lord. This is what I've done for you. So please let me in. Is that, is that a good... Yes, go ahead. But that's kind of like trying to clear your own conscience. I'm going to forgive myself of what I just did then. So I'm going to have a clear conscience. It becomes, exactly, but it becomes self-righteous. I, I think, for me, it becomes self-righteous. Uh, uh, look at me, I've done this, I've done that, I'm a good citizen. You know what I mean? Look at that guy over there, he's not a good citizen. You know what I mean? I've done all these things, and it's dependent upon me rather than Christ and in the gifts that he's given us. So the good conscience is, is knowing, or with knowing, not by balancing the scales of good and bad, but simply knowing and believing that you are covered by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. How do you know? 
And that's the question at the end of the day, which I'm preparing everyone for in their last breath. How do you know? That's the goal of the church, to impart to each and every one of you your good conscience. And your good conscience, you'll realize, just like your baptism, just like Jesus, it's not about you. It's about everything that has been done for you. And that is the message that you're going to continue to hear. Because at the end of the day, you are good. You have, even though Dave, humbly he is saying, oh, you don't know me, pastor. You know, I do know him. Because Christ knows him by the water and word that has covered him and has forgiven him of all his sins. This is where our faith is. right? And this is the departure from... This is the, 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 the dynamics of this question because once someone says baptism is a work, you know what happens to Jesus 100% of the time? Jesus did this. Now I'm going to go do this. It becomes a transaction of I need to fulfill that. Right? It's just a general, natural evolution of what we think our faith is. Now, if it's Jesus Christ alone, then, and we know that his grace is a gift, this gospel, likewise... As Jesus instituted, institutes it from the Old Testament to the New, there in baptism we too can rest, knowing that this is how God works salvation in me. Right? And I, I can't emphasize this enough because who is trying to wreck your good conscience? Who is doing it? Who's the master manipulator, the accuser that it's. Who is it? Satan. Satan, right? Do you see that in your life? And, and what is your first reaction? Your first reaction is to appeal on your own behalf, saying, well, I've done pretty good. I mean, you know, 75-25 split. It's pretty good, right? Uh, you know, I, I've done all these things. Uh, and soon enough, that case starts to crumble. And soon enough, like Luther, you're terrified and wondering, I can't do this myself. And soon enough, the devil's got you, right? But in that very moment of that attack, spiritual attack, it's happening every moment, even right now. Where do you go? Passive, outside gift. Everything that has been worked for you by his grace. This is, you know, Isaiah 43, uh, what is it? Uh, Fear not, I have redeemed you, I have called you by name. And you, that's how the Lord knows you, by, your, by this name that is covered in your baptism. That's how he claims you. And at the end of the day, this is who you are, and this is what you need to hear time and time again. Because baptism is, is what, a, what a great gift it is. We see in our notes right here, uh, as an appeal to God for a good conscience, uh, what is right versus wrong, evil versus good, through the struggle with the flesh and sin, we cannot lean on ourselves for a good conscience. Many will do work and weigh the scales in hopes of outweighing evil with good. Yet even then, conscience the conscience is a fluttering, terrified mess. Yeah, like bats flying in the air. Have you ever seen a bat flying in the air? They're all in see me out at dusk. Um, they just kind of, not in a straight line, just, no one's ever seen a bat. They're all, they're, oh, you have, okay. Yes, I know. Oh, they're good for mosquitoes, right? I should have a pet bat. Let's see what my wife says about that. I still want a turtle. That's my, my dream animal for the home. No joke. I'm not joking. I want a turtle. That's, I told my wife there's no, there's no hair on turtles, no chance of allergy, maybe some salmonella poisoning or E. coli if you don't wash your hands. But uh, they're kind of my type of being, you know. Not slow and plotting, but <laughs> paste. 
Anyways, uh, <laughs> it's how I drive. Anyways, but the appeal to God for a good conscience is given by faith. And this is what it's all about. The, your object of faith and where your object of faith is. And your faith, in essence, clings to something. And what it clings to right now is the, the means of grace, the promise to which God gives in Jesus Christ. And all this, as we look at our concluding verse right there in verse 21, it is through what? Through the resurrection. If Christ was not raised, what happens to our faith, as St. Paul says? Our faith is, if Christ was not raised, our faith is foolish, useless, in vain, futile, right? It means nothing. But through the resurrection, through his very word, there we rest in our baptism as an appeal to God with a good conscience. How do you know? Because I'm baptized. In, how do you know? Because Jesus Christ died for me and rose for me. You know, at the end of the day, you're not going to say, well, I hope I did good enough. Right? Yes. I could totally see Janet just. <laughs> because no, but that's a good point. Because it's easy to, it's easy to get off, even slightly. And we need to always hear it. I know you know hope is hope is a good thing. Hope hope can be seen in you know certainty, knowing full well that Jesus has overcome the world. But I think a lot of times we live in a world that wants us to kind of get on that. What is that? That general spiritual, not religious track where we begin to just say, well, okay, I hope I've done good enough. You know, I, and, and that's not the case. That's why when we talk about baptism, it's a redirect back to what our Lord has done for each and every one of us through the resurrection for a good conscience. How do you know that you have a good conscience? That is where your faith is. Ask yourself that. Because trust me, I'm human too. And sometimes we can say, like when we do a good work, like Anthony does great work. He's a great father. Um, I could see it through his kids. Um, and um, you don't have to. You are. You are a good father, a great father. And and but but when we talk about uh, uh, being all these things, um, what really makes him good? Uh, it's not what he's done. It's because what I see is one who is covered by the blood of Christ in his baptism. That's what I see in all of you. You know. Because that's what it's all about at the end of the day, what God has done for each and every one of you. And at the end of the day, Janice, in that very moment, you know, I'm going, I'm ready to go home, buckled up, ready to go to see my Lord, all because of what he has done for me, right? And that is the message you need to hear time and time again. So, uh, two more minutes, okay. So, uh, through the resurrection of Christ, Everything is contingent upon the resurrection of our Lord, and through the means of the resurrection, baptism delivers. Uh, without the resurrection, there is no baptism, no salvation, or good conscience, and our faith would be futile. Now, is a Christian's faith in baptism or in Jesus? Can someone read the answer for me right there? This is a false 
The Christian's faith is in Jesus and in baptism, for Jesus has put his word of promise in the water. Faith takes hold of Christ, for he has promised to be with, to be for us. To trust in baptism is to trust in Christ, who saves us through the washing he has joined to his word. As Luther explains it, it is certainly not just water, but the word of God in and with the water that does these things, along with the faith which, which trusts this word of God in the water. All right. So is a Christian's faith in baptism or in Jesus? And as Nancy said, as she read that, this is a false alternative. Wrong question, right? That Jesus and baptism are together. Uh, Jesus institutes baptism. And there you rest covered. Think about that. Like every single day, God is with you. And you are robed in his righteousness. Like the baptismal life, Keegan, as you go off and move into your L.A. home apartment, that God is with you. How do you know? Because of the baptism that he has given to me, right? And this is the comfort that we have when we know this connects. When this is disconnected, we also see the disconnect of our faith in so many different ways, right? So, so the next time you face uh, whatever you're facing, go back to this study and say, this is who I am. How do I know? All by what God has done for me. And there I rest in a good conscience, knowing that though I'm a sinner, I am a forgiven sinner by Christ's body and blood, but also in the word and the water that he has given to me. And that's where my faith is. Right? The, the battle has been won. And by his means, you are saved. This is our rest. And this is the... Con- I know you hear it. But trust me, as you go on through your week, you'll be weighing the scales. It's very easy to do that. And you might be crushed by your sin, wondering, how do I deal with this? But Christ dealt with it by his work for you. So remember that this day. Um, Jesus and baptism and the supper. And that, what a gift this is until he returns. All right, any questions before we close? Pretty clear? Kind of crystal? Kind of crystal? I'll take kind of crystal. That's very good. All right, very good. Let us pray. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, We thank you uh, for the word that lavishes us uh, by the means of your grace. Bless us with a good conscience, knowing full well that through your resurrection, through the water and word, Lord, you are with us and you forgive us of all our sins. Bless us in this faith and lead us in your courage. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.